Hello and welcome back to Beniah, Mighty Man of God by P. H. Thompson, an audiobook. This is chapter 11. And Beniah, the son of Jehoiada, was a valiant man of Kabzeel, a doer of great deeds. He struck down two aerials of Moab. He also went down and struck down a lion in a pit on a day when snow had fallen. 2 Samuel 23.20 David has asked to see you, Beniah. He couldn't imagine why David would want to single him out. He put down his sword. He'd sharpen it later. Beniah found David around a fire, talking with Joab. He rose when he saw Beniah approach. Beniah felt uncomfortable at the role reversal. David was their leader, and yet he was so humble. My lord, Beniah said. Beniah, walk with me a moment. He motioned away from the camp. They passed a group of soldiers, sparring, and some women going about their daily chores in their current camp. When they were alone, David said, I've heard of your exploits, Beniah. My lord? David laughed and patted Beniah on the shoulder. Come now, you didn't think I'd hear about it? It's been the talk of the camp. I know something about slaying giants myself, you know. Oh, that's what this was about, Beniah thought, the fight with the Egyptian. He would have to talk to Mikhail about his loose tongue. So, how did you do it? He was not only six cubits tall, but armed with a spear. Quite a thick spear, too, as large as a weaver's beam, from what I'm told, and you had only a staff. He was overconfident, so I used that against him. I also used his weight. You know, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. David laughed. Yes, I do know that. It sounded like thunder when Goliath came crashing down. He was bigger than me, but not as agile because of his armor. I outflanked him when the sun was in his eyes, used my staff to wrest the spear out of his hands. Then I found a weak point in his armor and hit him on the head to stun him. I used his weight to throw him off balance. And then you used his own spear to kill him? Benaiah smiled wryly. It seemed fitting. D David laughed. So you got yourself a souvenir out of it? That's about all it is. It's too unwieldy for me to use. I know, that's how I felt when Saul tried to send me out to fight Goliath in a suit of armor. I had to be tactful and just say, I haven't tested them. Benaiah laughed. You were just a boy going up against a seasoned soldier, armed with only a sling. Now that's an exploit. I wasn't armed with only a sling and five stones. I had the God of Israel on my side, as did you. That's how we defeat our enemies. Benaiah nodded his agreement. But I've heard more. You also went up against not one, but two Moabite aerials. I didn't go looking for trouble, my lord, but when they were suddenly in my path, I had to act. It was very brave of you to fight when you were so greatly outnumbered, Benaiah. Some men would have run. The lord was with me that day. So it seems. But the most impressive thing I've heard about you was when you killed a lion in a pit on a snowy day, and that you went down after it. It's not easy to be the aggressor with an animal that is so territorial. Benaiah looked out over the edge of the hill. Somewhere out there, Saul's troops were still hunting them. It was necessary. This lion had already killed two people in town. Once they get a taste for human blood, they need to be stopped. I've killed lions and bears when I was gardening my father's sheep, David said. But an angry lion in an enclosed space on slippery ground? That's the worst enemy, in the worst circumstance, under the worst conditions. 
A lion can crush your skull with one swipe of his paw, and that's not even accounting for his teeth and claws. Those things did cross my mind at the time, my lord, Benaya said wryly. And on a snowy day, your fingers would be numb, which would make it difficult to handle weapons, and the snow would make your footing treacherous and slippery. Benaya nodded. All those things were true. But you stayed focused. How did you do it? I prayed very fast. I remembered how Yahweh protected me in the past, and I trusted him to do it again. David smiled. So he has. As they turned back toward the camp, David said, Benaiah, you've been a valiant soldier, an obedient servant, and a good friend. Some would say that those three challenges you faced helped build your character, but I think they only proved what kind of man you already were. It's evident the Lord is with you. Benaiah didn't know what to say to that, so he remained silent, and David continued, I would like to assemble a small group, say 30 elite men. They would be my main bodyguard and oversee the other troops and go on special missions. I trust you with my life, Benaiah. Would you consider this position? Benaiah bowed low. My lord, I would be honored to serve you in any role. I know the Lord is with you and you will one day sit on the throne of Israel. I would like to see you there with me, Benaiah. David helped him to stand. He clapped Benaiah on the back as they returned to camp. Benaiah considered his conversation with David. He felt honored and humbled at the same time. He had worked hard to become a soldier. He knew Yahweh was with David and therefore wanted to be associated with him. He was especially honored that David would trust him enough to place him with such a select group of men. Some Gadites also joined with David. They were mighty men of valor, men trained for battle, who could handle shield and spear. Benaiah was glad they were on David's side. He would hate to come up against such men in battle. Yet he knew what he was. He knew what his disobedience had cost him, the life of his brother. With each battle, with each challenge, Benaiah wanted to prove himself, prove he would never again leave someone he cared about unprotected, never let bullies push people around. He wanted more than anything to be, in reality, what he dreamed of in his mind, an obedient soldier, a protector, a guard. Could he somehow undo the guilt of his actions, the disappointment in his parents' eyes whenever they looked at him? Would he ever do enough noble deeds to outweigh that one that still plagued him? Benaiah found his wife with the other women. He was excited to share the good news with her, that David respected him enough to include him among his elite soldiers. It was an honor he never expected. He took Moriah by the hand and led her away from the others so that he could share his news in private and sneak a kiss as well. Moriah giggled at Benaiah's obvious delight. What's happened to make you so happy? Usually you're serious, training and drilling or going on missions. David took me aside. He's heard about some of my battles from before I joined him. He's putting together a group of elite soldiers whom he trusts explicitly to go on special missions with him. Mariah hugged him. I'm so happy for you. I'm glad he finally sees in you what I do. Then a slow smile spread across her face. I have some news as well. I'm pregnant. Benaiah picked her up and spun her around. A baby? I'm going to be a father? Mariah laughed. Yes, that's how it works. After a few moments, Mariah's smile faded and she frowned. What's wrong? Benaiah asked. This is hardly an ideal place to give birth, and I'm away from my family. And what if you die in one of your battles? 
What will we do then? Benaiah tucked her under his chin and stroked her hair. I know, but you've seen babies being born here already, and there are many soldiers' wives to support you. I know it's not the same as being back home near your mother, but perhaps we'll soon be in a different circumstance where we'll be safe and have a sense of normal life. I promised your father we won't always live out here. Benaiah felt even more determined to protect his wife and child. But you do understand how important it is for me to be who God made me to be and to serve God by serving David. I belong here with these soldiers I admire so much, and it is such an honor that David chose me. Benaiah, I understand that about you. I do. It's one of the reasons I love you. But I worry about you already, and now you'll be taking more risks, um, volunteering for mi dangerous missions to impress David even more. He sees you as a warrior, but you're also my husband and the protector of your family. I know you, Benaiah. You can't help it. You live to prove yourself. But what will I do if something happens to you? Mariah turned away and covered her eyes. Don't cry, my love. Benaiah kissed the top of her head. I know you worry. I appreciate that you're there waiting for me when I come back. It gives me something to fight for. It makes me careful. I promise you I won't take any unnecessary risks. I want to come home to you. But you have to trust that God will keep me safe, just as I have to trust God to keep you safe when I'm away. I understand. I don't want you to change. You need to be the man God made you to be. Just remember that we're your family and we'll be here long after you've stopped being a soldier. I'll try to trust that God will keep you safe so you can keep us safe. Benaiah hugged her again. Thank you. Benaiah kissed his wife, then said cheekily, Now how about we go celebrate our exciting news in private? Keep listening for Chapter 12.